Hey everybody, I'm Jim Williams, Sports Director of News Talk and SportsTalkFlorida.com. And uh, today on the Sunshine Boys podcast, we have, of course, Ira Kaufman, Joe Henderson, and we have a special guest, Allison Posey. Allison is the Sports Director at WTXL, ABC 27 in Tallahassee. And welcome, Allison, who has unfortunately worked hurricane duty, and she's had a few hours sleep, so we're going to try to get her in here and give her a chance to talk and then let her scurry off back to get some rest. Allison, thanks for joining us today. Yeah, no problem. Thank you guys for uh, for having me and dealing with the lack of sleep. <laughs> there you go. Well, we're not going to quiz you on this, uh, so we'll, we'll just let it go. Tell you what, Allison, <laughs> do us a favor. Give us a little background of what you think is going to happen in Tallahassee this year with uh, FSU, who with last uh, AP looking, it's number four on their uh, on their hit parade there. That's not a bad situation to be a preseason number four. Yeah, I, I mean, I think there's a lot of hype around this program this year, uh, a lot of excitement. You know, they're the only FBS schools to return all 11 starters on offense, which, you know, we talked to Jimbo at the beginning of the year about that, and he said it. He said it's a definite advantage. I mean, you can't you can't beat experience. Um, you know, obviously the big question heading into Monday showdown with Ole Miss is the quarterback spot. Uh, you know, Sean McGuire went out again. He had to get foot surgery again on, uh, before before when camp started. So he's been out. He predicted return is about second game of the season, but. Uh, you know, earlier this week, he's been walking around. He's been taking reps at practice. And uh, we asked Jimbo what uh, what the probability of Sean having a role on Monday night was. And his answer is, we'll have to see. So I think uh, if DeAndre gets in a little bit of trouble on Monday night, my hunch is that Sean's a little bit healthier than what everyone's leading on. So we could, we could see Sean McGuire and have that experience, you know, Besides DeAndre, J.J. Constantino is the only other scholarship quarterback on this roster, and J.J. came in against Houston when uh, Sean went down and didn't do too well, so they're counting on DeAndre to uh, to really lead the charge on Monday night. But, I mean, other than that, I mean, Dalvin Cook, bread and butter of this offense, everybody knows that. I think as he goes, Florida State goes, um, you know, he's 1,200 yards short of breaking Ward Dunn's career rush record at FSU, so you can't, you can't get – better of a back than that. Um, and then as far as defense goes, four states defense is it's stout every year. You know, of course, the big hole is replacing Jalen Ramsey. Um, but the secondary is looking stout. You know, Josh Sweat returns. Derwin James returns. You know, two sophomores that had an immediate impact as freshmen. Um, you know, and they've got some some good veteran leadership. So I I think we're going to be okay. You know, Florida State's got an extremely tough schedule. Ole Miss right out of the gate, 11th ring team in the country. You know, Clemson's on the roster. Uh, you know, division opponent Miami. They're at Miami this year. North Carolina they have at home. So uh, it's going to be a tough slate. But uh, I was you know Jim and I were talking earlier, and we we said to to be the best, you got to beat the best, and they're definitely going to have to do that. And if they do. The rewards will come. Well, you know, Allison, what's would you say that the biggest problem or the Achilles heel, you just brought it up a bit, is this team to be successful has to stay healthy because the depth isn't there yet? Um, I wouldn't say depth. I think that, I think they've got depth. Um, the problem is Florida State establishing a passing game, and that's been something that they've struggled with. Uh, for a couple of years, um, you know they've they've got some some good receivers, but the receivers underperformed last year. All those receivers are back. You know Travis Rudolph is back. He's healthy. Bubba Wilson. Um, so it's going to be establishing that depth, and that's something that's not lost on them. You know, again, Jimbo Jimbo knows that's what they're going to have to do because if Florida State stops Dalvin, you've essentially stopped that Florida State offense. You know, that's what Georgia Tech did last year to them. That's what Houston was able to figure out and do. And that's why Florida State lost those games. So if if Dalvin stays healthy and teams can't stop him, which it's hard to stop Dalvin Cook, um, sky's the limit. But they're they're definitely going to have to become a two-dimensional team. They're going to have to establish that passing game and – you know, we'll see Monday night what they've been working on. They've looked good. Jim has been relatively happy all camp. Um, so 
you know, we'll we'll, we'll see what happens. Okay, Allison Posey, um, go ahead, Joe. Go yeah, ahead. Let, me, let me jump, Allison. Uh, you alluded to the schedule, and mm -hmm. uh, it. Uh, I'm just sitting here looking at it right now. It is a bear. Yeah. Uh, oh yeah. You, <laughs> Come out of the gate with Ole Miss. Okay, I commend FSU for playing a game like that. That's obviously uh, could pay benefits down the road if they if they're successful um, uh, in computer points for the uh, you know trying to get into the uh, playoffs. But then you all right. So, so you got Charleston Southern five days later. That's okay. Um, but then they go. They're at Louisville. That has trap written all over it. Oh, no doubt. And then they come down to Tampa uh, to play what I believe is going to be a very, very good University of South Florida team. Um, and USF, a lot of people are picking them uh, to win that American uh, Athletic Conference, which, of course, includes Houston, which we know what they did to the Seminoles well, last year. We know what happened. So, <laughs> so, and then later on, you know, you've got you've got Clemson at home, and everybody's kind of fast forwarding to that. But I I tell you what, looking at this schedule, uh, if Florida State arrives at the Clemson game seven and zero, Jimbo Fisher will have done an outstanding coaching job because this is as tough as any schedule I've seen uh, anywhere. Oh yeah, and he is—he's made that uh, crystal clear. I mean, it's—it's it's not lost on this team how tough this schedule is. And I know you mentioned uh, the fact that they're opening up the season with Ole Miss. You know, next year they open up the season with Alabama. So Florida State is not shying away from that tough competition. And Jimbo actually addressed that the other day, and he was talking about how he doesn't know if the playoff committee is is going to recognize big time games this year. Um, but he said. He, he doesn't want the fact that they're they're taking that risk and not opening with those cupcakes to not be lost on these people because they could easily, easily have an easy home game this week, kind of cruise, get everything together. But they're Monday night, the only game going on, you know, essentially a top ten matchup. Ole Miss is ranked 11th, <laughs> uh, 8 o'clock game in a neutral location. And he hope, he was saying he hopes that the playoff committee realizes that. And if they do win and they win big – that that gives them some some points later down the road. So that's something that we're just going to have to see if the, if the committee takes that serious or not. But no, you're absolutely right. The schedule is a bear. I mean, you were mentioning October, October 1st, North Carolina. Next week they're at Miami. You know, they got Wake Forest the next week. They've got a bye week, and then we've got Clemson. So <laughs> it's 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 tough, and it's going to going to be very interesting to see if they are undefeated by the time Clemson rolls around because they could they could very easily be a two-loss team, you know, if, if they lose to, to Ole Miss and a couple trap games in there. North Carolina is definitely no slouch, and they're at Miami, too. And Miami gave them a run for their money last year at Doak, and they're, they're, they're at the Hurricanes' house this year. So, <laughs> I mean, well, we're, it, we're just going to have to see. If they if they can navigate this and get into the uh, ACC championship game mm -hmm. and then subsequently into the playoffs, they will have earned it. There is no question oh, about no it. Oh, no doubt, one hundred and ten percent. Yeah, there won't be a question of if they belong there or not because if they can get through the schedule, they are more deserving than anyone in this country. You know, you're listening to the Sunshine Boys podcast with uh, Jim Williams, myself, sports director of. Sports Talk Florida, Joe Henderson, Allison Posey, who you just heard talking, Ira Kaufman, this is the longest you've been silent on this show since we started. I can't believe what I'm hearing, Mr. Williams. Now, we are surrounded by a couple of Debbie Downers over here. Henderson, <laughs> Henderson's got them going eight and four over there. Um, what, what, are these, what are these people smoking over here, James? I mean, this is Florida State. Uh, yeah, the schedule stout. It always is. They're loaded, James. They're loaded. Uh, some people have them the number one team in the country uh, with a quarterback on, you know, for game one who's never thrown a pass for the Seminoles. That's that's the definition uh, of loaded. Uh, mm. Now, Al Allison's suggesting McGuire's going to be back, uh, you know, a, a lot quicker than anticipated. Uh, I suggest that if this. Redshirt freshman gets off to a good start. 
Maguire's going to be riding that pine for a long time. <laughs> and, and may I remind everybody, James, yes, sir. the last time uh, FSU went into a season uh, with uncertainty uh, with the young quarterbacks, uh, they, they, they promptly won the national title. Now, I'm not comparing Francis to uh, Tampa Bay's Jameis Winston, uh, but the fact remains, Jim, they're loaded. Uh, Dalvin Cook uh, might be the best running back in, in, in school history. And, Joe, that says a lot right there. An awful lot. And the bunch. So I'm, uh, I'm, I'm a little bullish on FSU. Uh, and these other two uh, need, need to uh, smell the coffee over there, James. Well, you know, it's funny, Eric. We, uh, when Joe and I were uh, about Allison's age, <laughs> we uh, – <laughs> They were in leather helmets, by the way. Right, exactly. Uh, <laughs> I, I would have to say that one of the things that happened is Bobby Bowden took us all over the country playing tough people. Uh, we uh, we were at Nebraska. We were at Notre Dame. We were at uh, Pitt. We were at, I mean, there wasn't, there wasn't a company on that LSU. schedule. Oh, yeah, too many times at LSU. I can tell you that right yeah. now. Yeah. But you know, no, they've never shied away from from putting together a serious schedule. The thing about about this FSU team is, if if I'm a defensive coordinator looking to stop this team, I'm gonna I'm gonna go all out to stop Dalvin Cook, and I'm gonna make mm-hmm. the quarterback beat me, and mm-hmm. I'm gonna take my chances that that it won't happen. Uh, now it's it's gonna happen a lot of times this year, but that quarterback play is essential because we know. We know about Cook. He, Ira, what what are the, what are the scouts telling you? Could he be the first overall pick next year in the in the NFL draft? He's certainly a top five, just like Jalen Ramsey was a top five, and here comes Cook as a top five. And Joe, they got very good receivers. So if this kid Francis has anything at all, uh, I think they're going to have a balanced attack. Well, they're going to need. Yeah, it. I mean that's. I think I think that's something to say too about DeAndre. I mean, he you, you got to think. He's a redshirt freshman, but he was—he sat under the system last year. He sat there. He watched um, Sean being hurt in the spring. Definitely a blessing in disguise. He took all the first-team reps in the spring. 20-33 for almost 250 yards in the spring game, um, which is the same stadium that they're playing in Monday night, which is his hometown. So, uh, you know, he, he's definitely going to want to show out in front of his hometown and I mean, he 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 did amazing in the spring game. And if you watch the spring game, and the the kid has it, it's just you know a Monday night's a little bit different than a spring game. But I mean, DeAndre's a, a heck of a talent. I mean, it, that's that's without a doubt 100%. And as far as Dalvin Cook goes, I mean, I don't. And you guys mentioned it a little bit, but he doesn't get the respect that he deserves. I mean, you watch all the Heisman hopefuls and and this and that, and his name is not even in the conversation, which is ridiculous. I mean, the kid should have been considered last year. I mean, he's averaging 109 yards a game. Um, broke, worked on single-season rush record. I mean, again, well, I, I just I don't understand why he's not on the radar there. And he's just he's a heck of a talent, special kid. And uh, Jimbo knows it, Florida State knows it, and the rest of the country knows it too. Hey, Joe, I think, yeah, I, uh, Joe, I think you'd agree that Monday night, I think the atmosphere is going to, Going to be very much like a game in Tallahassee. This uh, this is a neutral field and, and name only, mm-hmm. guys. I think. Oh, absolutely! In fact, Hugh Freeze, the old Miss coach, had a had a real chuckle about the uh, the notion that that was a uh, a neutral site game. He, he <laughs> at the SEC media days, he uh, he he uh, quipped that uh, when the his athletic director told him, "Yeah, we're going to play Florida State on a neutral site," he goes, "Look." Um, we don't go into a neutral site game practicing silent cadence on offense. So, you know, it's it's an FSU home game. Let's just be blunt. Uh, yeah, wrong. I mean, I agree with that. I agree with that. I mean, it's four hours away, and 50,000 people came to the spring game. So <laughs> if 50,000 people go to a spring game in Orlando, pretty positive how many people are going to show up for a regular season game. <laughs> Is Renegade going to be there? That's what I want to know. Of course. Again, Renegade made the spring game. If he doesn't come, something's not right. Oh, yeah, Renegade, Osceola, they'll be there in a full garb, ready to go. <laughs> Have they already it's left? It's a long it's a long horse ride from uh, Tallahassee to Orlando. 
<laughs> I don't know, but I'll tell you this: the team is flying, so <laughs> they they've got the luxury of uh, hopping in a plane, uh, erasing a four-hour drive, and turning it into a thirty-minute flight. So uh, one day we'll all be that popular. <laughs> yeah, indeed. Well, that was Allison Posey. You heard she, of course, the sports director of WTXL ABC twenty-seven in Tallahassee, Florida. We have Ira Kaufman and Joe Henderson. And guys, uh, I think we, we think that uh, barring any blips in the uh, in the schedule, that this FSU team should be uh, a contender. Because I mean, as we know, this year's championship game is going to be in Tampa. One guy we haven't yeah. mentioned, uh, guys. One guy we haven't mentioned for FSU that they will that they will miss a little bit is um, Roberto Aguayo. Um, mm-hmm who had his uh, trials and tribulations here in Tampa for a week or two. Uh, seems to have straightened out. But as far as being a college kicker, uh, you know, a lot of people think he's the best there ever was. And uh, there will be a moment or two this season when uh, FSU misses his reliability. I, don't I, definitely, I would agree with that, for sure, 100%. I mean, you can't put a price on a good kicker. <laughs> Who yeah, is the Florida kicker? State knows yeah. that above everybody. <laughs> I was going to say right. wide yeah. right. Yeah, yeah wide left, wide right. <laughs> oh, man. Well, here on the Florida – man, that's outrageous. Here in the Sunshine Boys podcast on Sports Talk Florida, uh, Allison Posey, Ira Kaufman, Joe Henderson, myself, Jim Williams. Uh, one last question for you on FSU. Mm-hmm. Who is going to be their kicker this year? Uh, yeah, you know, and that's I'm glad I'm glad you mentioned that. I'm, I'm glad we brought that up. I Ricky Aguayo uh, and Logan Tyler, they both freshmen. Um, so you'll see a guy that that looks a little bit like Roberto out there, <laughs> a little bit taller. I think he's a little bit skinnier, but he's a little brother, and uh, he's both of them early enrollees. They've been here since January. I. Uh, Logan is going to handle kicking off. Uh, he's got a little bit stronger of a leg. Roberto's more accurate. So he's going to kick uh, extra points, field goals. So they're going to split the kicking duties. But they're, you know, they're a one-two punch. Uh, Ricky was, I think, the number four kicker in the country last year coming out of high school. So he's really good. Logan's only been kicking, I think, two years. Uh, but he's if Jimbo's going to give him uh, some responsibilities for this team, he's good and he's done well. So the two of them are going to split, and they're both freshmen, uh, you know, right out of the gate. So they're not going to be obviously as good, but I don't think it's really going to be, you know, oh, my gosh, he's going to kick. Jimbo's got a lot of faith in these guys, and they've done well. Uh, they did well in the spring, and they've done well this summer. So I, I think I think Florida State will be fine on, on the kicking front. Outstanding. Well, Allison, uh, we will allow you to leave us if you wish. If not, you're obviously welcome to stay, but you've been up all night with hurricane duty, and uh, <laughs> we don't want to burn you out. So uh, you're certainly welcome to stay, but if you need to go, uh, just let us know. Yeah, I'm I'm going to love talking to you guys. It's a good time. <laughs> so, you know, we'll talk next week, but uh, I need some shut-eye before high school football starts tonight. So <laughs> I'm going to hit the hay. <laughs> Allison. Coming up. Thanks Thanks very much. Allison Posey, WTXL Sports Director, ABC 27. We will see you again sometime soon, but thanks for dropping by today. We really appreciate it. No problem. Thank you guys for having me. Hey, anytime. That was Allison Posey, our FSU expert. And uh, gentlemen, uh, let's move down the uh, downstate a bit to Gainesville and the University of Florida. And kind of unlike FSU, they open against the UMass Minutemen. They get Kentucky. Then they take on North Texas. They, I guess their real first test, in my mind, doesn't happen until September 24th when they take on Tennessee. What do you think, guys? We won't know about them, Joe. We won't know about them until they get to Knoxville. And Joe, you've been been following the Gators for, you know, 40 years. Uh, Do they ever play anybody in week one? I mean, ever? Uh, well, some sometimes they do, but yeah, not often. Uh, but once again, guys, once again, uh, as is the case with FSU, uh, mm-hmm. we have we have a bit of quarterback uncertainty. Uh, yep. Joe uh, Luke Del Rio. Uh, we really don't know much about this kid except he's bounced around a lot. Um, 
The Gators are relying on him under center. He's Jack's son. Um, he's got a big arm, Joe, but he uh, he, he has not riddled uh, an, an SEC opponent uh, to date. Um, and uh, Tennessee, uh, I believe, uh, is much improved, as is Georgia. Um, I think that's a big three-way uh, battle uh, for Eastern supremacy uh, in the conference. And um, the Gator defense is formidable, Joe, formidable. Um, so I don't think Del Rio has to save the day, uh, but he's got he's to give them better quarterback play than, than Jim McElwain's gotten uh, so far during his tenure. Well, yeah, I mean, there's no question about that. And, and I'll give, I'll give McElwain and, and the Gators a little bit of a pass for all of the struggles they had at that position last year, because there were some extraordinary things going on with the NCAA, uh, you know, uh, suspensions and all that sort of stuff. Uh, it's basically a, a clean slate this year. And, and, Del Rio um, has won the job. Um, I will say this, that Jim McElwain is an offensive guy. He is considered to be uh, a quarterback uh, guru, if you will. Um, so we know that, that Luke Del Rio, while he hasn't played college football, we have seen that and we know he's well coached uh, coming up in that family and, and then now with uh, Michael. So I'm going to, I'm going to assume that he will handle the job very well. And if, if the Gators offense can be even competent, which it was not down the stretch last year, obviously, as we saw, but if it can, can just be average. I think the Gators can be very good this year because Ira uh, of that defense that you alluded to. Their secondary is going to be just just off the charts, and uh, you know it, they're a bit of an unknown overall. You you alluded to Tennessee, and everybody's was high on Tennessee, and then they had to go uh, into overtime last night to be to Appalachian State. So uh, you know you maybe we have to temper the enthusiasm for them a little bit, but. You know, Tennessee at the end should be very good. Uh, Georgia's going to be uh, have a different look under Kirby Smart uh, than than it had under Mark Richt. But Georgia's always going to be competitive. South Carolina in that division looks like it's it's a bit of a struggle. Kentucky is, you know, waiting for them is like waiting for Godot. They never seem to show up. Uh, so, you know, the the opportunity is going to be there for the Gators. They did make it to the conference championship game last year people do forget that and uh so i would i would say they sh they're going to be right in there in the mix again this year jimbo what jim, do you think jim there were times last year when i actually i actually felt sorry for the gator defense because there was so much pressure on them joe they were always on the field the offense couldn't keep the chains moving they couldn't get any rest uh they're playing strong offenses and they're and they're keeping the Gators in the game, in the game, in the game. Uh, finally, they run out of gas, you know, in in, in the third and fourth quarter. Uh, they get overwhelmed. But um, there was way, way too much of a burden, Jim, on that Gator defense mm -hmm. last year. Uh, you, 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 that that really was a, a bit unfair. Oh no, there's if you know there were times when Harris would come on the field and go a three out and not even look like he belonged as a quarterback in the in not forget the sec but perhaps division one college football i mean they had some pretty nasty looking situations out there and um i don't know i don't the, everything i hear about this del rio kid i hear it's it's good stuff but we'll see i mean it's really going to be a test for jim McElwain, and i think that um you know we talked a little bit about joe you said if um uh, you know, stop the running game of FSU and, and see if they can pass. It's kind of, in my mind, it's going to be about the same thing for the Gators. And he, you know, going to try to stop the running game. And if they can do that, then I'll, you know, force you to beat me with the, with the air game. And we'll see if Del Rio's got that kind of ability. And I guess one of the good things is that, you know, when you do open with a, um, you know, a team, you know, like they open up against uh, 
uh, you know, the, UMass. Uh, UMass, yeah. Um, it's going to be interesting because that's the first that's the first game as a FBS team that UMass is playing. So, you know, interesting stuff. But I I don't know. I don't. I, I want to say that they're going to do well. I really do, and I think that they are going to do well. But so one uh, thing I like about McElwain, um, yeah. And maybe he's taking it to an extreme, guys. You tell me, but he seems to—he um, seems to have a handle on this discipline issue, which a lot of coaches look the other way on things. Uh, a lot of coaches, depending on uh, how good the player is, uh, affects uh, you know how they decide to, to meet out punishment. Um, I, I kind of like the way Michael Wayne has laid down the law in mm-hmm. Gainesville. We'll see if that keeps up. But I think he's off to a good start there. I well, he's got five Go players suspended for the opening game, um, and uh, at least a couple of them are, are were likely starters. Mm-hmm. And now you can say, okay, yeah, you're going to get tough against UMass. Let's see if you'd suspend them for Tennessee for the same thing. But um, it is it does send a good message. And as we know, uh, gentlemen, the uh, the great Urban Meyer. Uh, did not run a discipline ship in Gainesville. And yes, the Gators were very successful on the field. And uh, that that's great, but uh, it, they were very embarrassing off of it. And uh, along comes uh, uh, kind of a new era in there right now. And, you know, you college football is really kind of a, you, you sort of make a deal with the devil. Uh, a lot of times. Uh, of course, you're doing pro football too. But uh, in college football, particularly, you know, you've got players who are young, immature. Maybe they haven't been around that type of atmosphere before, and they're they're going to do silly things. And so, what I like about McElwain is he is establishing right up front. This is how we're going to do it here. And if you break the rules, there will be repercussions. That is going to serve the Gators very well. Uh, in the short and long term, I do believe. Well, I got to tell you, from my standpoint, this is the first time in 40 years I don't know the coach. <laughs> At the, I mean, obviously <laughs> I know his name, but I've never, never, uh, never actually met him. So I, I can only hope that uh, from everybody I've spoken to, everybody I've, uh, I know in the SEC and around, they love him. They think he's a great guy. They think he's a character guy. And uh, he is a bit of a disciplinarian. Not necessarily has he gone Harbaugh on anybody. But um, he definitely wants them to know that this is a serious situation and that they should uh, be focused on the game. And, you know, it's not a, a individual thing. It's a team game with McIlwain. And so uh, I think that bodes well for the Gators. If You know, if they can get off to a good start, maybe they can get on a roll and things will, will fall into place for them. But, but we will see. It'll be I think very Joe's right. He, he has he has set a, a, a good tone. He has set an impressive tone. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I'll tell you what, guys. Let's step aside, take a break, and we'll come back and we'll talk about, you know, we only have, what, 17 teams now in the state of Florida <laughs> in college football. So we'll be back and talk about some of the others. You are listening to the Sunshine Boys podcast on sportstalkflorida.com and on blogtalkradio.com. We'll be right back. All right, everybody. Welcome back to the Sunshine Boys podcast. I'm Jim Williams, sports director of SportsTalkFlorida.com with my compadres here, Mr. Ira Kaufman and Mr. Joe Henderson. We've touched on two of the big teams in the States, and that, of course, is FSU and UF. Now let's move down south to uh, the Tampa area and talk about Willie Taggart's University of South Florida Bulls. Well, I will tell you what. They, Willie Taggart was dead man walking four Mm -hmm. games into last season. They were one in three. They were coming off two very bad seasons uh, on his watch. But uh, they turned it around in an absolutely stunning way last year uh, and, and wound up really being about as good as, as anybody not named Alabama in the country. Mm-hmm. And they were, they've got a ton of athleticism. They're all back this year. They've got, got a, a really uh, – we talk about Dalvin Cook. Marlon Mack is 
maybe the best running back nobody knows about. Uh, the guy's just been tremendous in his first two years. Quarterback Quentin Flowers, extraordinarily athletic, dual threat guy, um, can run, can pass, and they have speed to burn. They put up, I think it was 51 points against Cincinnati last year on national TV in the first half. They, they beat a ranked Temple team by by three touchdowns. They they really came up. They 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 were actually tied with Florida State at the half last year. Now this was during their 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 slow start. Uh, they got overrun in the second half when when Cook went off on them. But they enter this season with a ton of confidence. And and why I keep bringing up that that uh, game in week four against Florida State in Tampa, South Florida, if they can go into that game 3-0, and and that's a big if, and assuming Florida State uh, does the same, they're already billing that as the most important game in USF history because everybody knows they want to get into a Power 5 conference and the Big 12 is is uh, looking around. So um, that game could have all kinds of implications. and that's another one of those games that sure on paper, Florida state wins it by a couple touchdowns, but I don't know guys that has trap written all over it. If the Seminoles aren't ready to play that day. No, uh, Jim, uh, nobody knows, nobody knows their bulls better than, uh, than Henderson. He follows them, uh, scrutinizes them very closely. Um, and I'm sure Joe will agree. It's nice to have the bulls, uh, be a relevant force in mm-hmm. in, uh, in in the Tampa Bay sports landscape, uh, Jim. You know now, look, Jim Leverett did a marvelous job uh, for a while uh, building that program. Uh, then they dropped off the face of the earth. And, and Joe's right; uh, a lot of people were down on Willie Taggart. They wanted him out of town, Jim. Um, and, you know, and we're, we're talking about last October. Right. And uh, it, it's been quite a turnaround. Uh, Joe's right. This uh, this potential game with FSU uh, could have major implications. And Jim, don't forget about the timing. Joe touched on it. Mm-hmm. This is a this is a program that wants to move up uh, from a conference perspective, uh, and uh, and back to back big seasons uh, could could cement uh, the, their entry into the Big Twelve. I don't think there's any question. I think the other thing, though that I was a little surprised about is they gave Willie Taggart an extension after, you know, after this, I, I'm not saying that, that that's, that, it, that he shouldn't have got it. I was just curious about the timing of it. You know? Well, I, I think, I think the reason for that is, is more than just winning a few games, uh, getting on a little hot streak last year. He has, uh, he came to USF, um, heralded as a re- as a good recruiter, mm-hmm. right? right? And if you're going to try to build a program that way and not do it with with JUCO transfers, which is what Jim Levitt did, uh, he he would bring in basically a new cast of characters every year, and they would play a year and then they would be gone. Um, Taggart uh, really worked it hard and took his lumps the first two years, but he built up this really nice deep uh, array of talent uh, when he first got there they didn't have wide receivers who who knew how to do anything uh, now they have so much depth I mean strong depth at that position again speed 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 so I think the contract extension was as much uh, a recognition of the kind of program he is building as it was getting on a little bit of a roll last year and Let's face it, if you're a school like South Florida and you you get too good too quickly, the big boys are going to come looking to, to poach your coach. Right. So uh, the good news for uh, for USF is that uh, Taggart is a local guy, uh, Bradenton, mm-hmm. right down the road. He has planted his flag in this area. He's finally getting the local kids to, to turn down the, the – the better known programs and stay home and play for the bulls. And uh, we all remember the, the kind of the leap 
the University of Houston made last year and uh, how they became a national story and uh, were even talked about in, as a potential playoff team at one point. I think, and I'm, I'm saying this cautiously, but um, USF could be that next breakout team this year. I really believe that. And, and Jim, what a testament to the, to the talent, the prep talent in, in this state. Mm-hmm. That that you know, like Joe says, uh, there you know USF could could have depth, quality depth. Um, you know, when you're fighting off the big three uh, within the state, and, and and you can still fill your roster, you know, with with, with a a powerful uh, team. Um, what does what does that say about the state of uh, of football in Florida, Jim? I mean, look at. You know, when, when I went to the University of South Florida, the Harvard of Hillsborough County. There you uh, go. We didn't have a football team. Uh, we had a basketball team, but we didn't have a football team. So in 20 years, they've created a, a phenomenal football. But, you know, to your point, Ira, there's U- UCF, there's Florida Atlantic, there's Florida International. I mean, all of whom have sent guys to the pros. And uh, not just, you know, bit players either. Some guys who have starred and, and been key players. So, uh, no, it, the depth has always been there. You've just, uh, I think what Willie Taggart, at least from what I can see, has adopted the Jim Laranega plan, which is, would you rather come and play for me now or sit on the bench at Florida and Florida State to wait your turn? And I think that's been a selling point for a lot of people because you know you don't always get that you know starting opportunity when you're at a program that's got two and three deep at your position but that's a great that, that's a great point jim um and it is it, it's paying off but you still have to win football games sure. you know and i i tell you what i watched them play an early season game last year at maryland Mm-hmm. Uh, and they had they were coming off a game where they played Florida State in Tallahassee, played them pretty tough, but uh, lost. They go to Maryland, and Maryland is just not a very good football team. And they seal club the Bulls that day. It was mm-hmm. it was hideous. And then um, after that game, which was really three games into the season at that point, they're one and two. I wrote Willie Taggart off. I said I said that's let the let the search begin fire him now let you know i was i was i i gave up and they went out the next week and played a very good memphis team close and that was they lost but it was it was a it was a tough game and that was really the first indication that well, well hold on maybe maybe they might uh, turn this thing around um it's it was interesting to me that after they had the finish they did last year that uh, once again, his recruiting hall was just very, very good. It was considered to be the best in, in the uh, the American Conference. Jimbo mm-hmm. Fisher has made the point that uh, he respects for, uh, South Florida because he knows that the Bulls have a lot of players on their roster that he was hoping to, to coax to go to Tallahassee. So. Mm-hmm. You know, still got to translate on the field, but uh, the arrow's pointed up right now. Hey, Jim, Jim, if we needed a headline, Jim, if we needed a headline for this podcast, yeah, um, we, we just got one. Um, mm-hmm. Quote, uh, Henderson turns the page on Taggart. It's, uh, it's a marvelous <laughs> headline. And, uh, it's a great it, it tells you all you need to know about uh, Mr. Henderson and his patience level. Um, and, and now he's talking up Taggart as the coach of the year, Jim. That's okay. I had, I had Will Muschamp fired at Florida before he coached a game. So, <laughs> what do I know? Anyway. Still, still got to win games. Got to win games. That's absolutely. And um, On, Onward to, onward to Carl Gables, Jimmy. Onward. onward. We're going to go south. Okay, we're going south in Miami then. And uh, on the Sunshine Boys podcast, since Ira Kaufman wants us to go, he's driving the bus, so we're going with him. So... <laughs> Mr. Henderson and I are going down, so what's going on in Miami? I got to tell you one thing, Ira. My man, Mark Rick, I like Mark Rick. I've always liked Mark Rick, and I'm happy to see him land in Miami. Well, unlike uh, Jimbo Fisher, 
Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, uh, you know, and, and Jim McElwain, guys, um, Mark Rick has a proven quarterback. Um, mm-hmm. And, and, and the, the kid's pretty darn good. Uh, Brad Kaya, and um, some people think he's going to be a first-round pick. Uh, when the NFL draft moves to Philadelphia, gentlemen, in, in yes. 2017. <laughs> um, the problem, Joe, and, and you followed the Hurricanes uh, for a lot of years, Joe, um, a, a, you know, a school that boasts Ray Lewis, Warren Sapp, Ed Reed, and others um, didn't play any defense last year, Joe. No defense in Carl Gables. Uh, I believe after week one, now Henderson's not the only one, Jim, that can do some research here. Um, <laughs> after week one, uh, every every Hurricane opponent scored at least 20 points, Joe. Now, they're not used to that down there in, in Miami, and uh, we'll see what Mark Rick can do, Joe. Well, uh, Miami should fall to its knees and thank the football gods that Mark Rick fell into their lap. Uh, mm-hmm. He is exactly what that program needs. You know, they've been trying um, for who knows how long to recapture the glory of, of that you alluded to with the sap and, and all that bunch. Um, and the problem was it got away from them. You know, the, they had the bad actors, they had all the, the, the bad boy persona, if you will. And they couldn't, they couldn't let that go. And, then when they fell on hard times, everybody abandoned them. And, uh, you know, their home games looked like, you know, sometimes like they were playing uh, inter-squad scrimmages uh, with the with the small crowds they had. But one thing we know about Mark Richt is that he knows what he's doing. Uh, I'm, uh, I'm a little surprised that he and Georgia parted ways, but maybe it was time. Um, it seemed like it was maybe a mutual decision. Uh, he'd been there for a long time. Uh, but that guy's got a lot of gas left in the tank. And going to Miami, I'm sure rejuvenated him, certainly rejuvenated the program. And I don't, you know, they're not going to be uh, championship uh, contenders this year, I don't think. But give him, give him a little bit of time and, uh, this time the U really will be back. They got the they got the right guy. He's also a hell of a recruiter. Yes, he is. And uh, when you got that down, and you know that'll help Miami because they have had. I mean, look, I I made no bones about the fact that I thought that I couldn't. When they said they hired Al Golden, I thought somebody was joking with me. Yeah, that's right. And uh, I got nothing against Al. He's a nice man, but that you know, Mike. Al Golden in Miami is like, uh, I don't know. It's like me being president of the United States. It doesn't fit. So um, I don't know. I, I, I agree with you, Joe. I think that Mark has got, um, he's at a place where they're going to give him time. And uh, he's going to, he's a guy who always gives you results. So it should be a, a good year down there in Miami. But you're right. I think, uh, Ira, you're talking about the uh, possibility of them being a, you know, a, a title team. I'll tell you, I wouldn't be surprised if they won their division in the ACC. I really wouldn't. There's a lot of excitement this year, Jim, more than I can remember in a long time for uh, for UM supporters. Well, you know, which is a good thing. Well, uh, Jim, you you alluded to uh, Rick's recruiting prowess, mm-hmm. and uh, just yesterday uh, they uh, they got a, a commitment from Diamante Howard who's a five-star linebacker at Miami Southridge mm-hmm. and uh, the cousin of, of Sean Taylor. Now, what's interesting about this is mm-hmm. he's, it's a verbal commitment. So, you know, sure. whatever, but um, he's a sophomore <laughs> in high school. <laughs> so, and, and he's already committed uh, to Miami. Now, again, mm-hmm. we'll, you know, he may commit to 12 other places before he finally goes somewhere, right. but that that's, what that tells me is that Rick and, and his staff are getting out there and they're not just recruiting, you know, the senior class of this year. That's, that's how you have to do it. You have to plant the seeds early with these guys and nurture those relationships. You, we all remember when Howard Schnellenberger came to Miami, right? It was a downtrodden yep. program at the time. 
and he declared, remember where he drew a uh, circle around part of the state and declared it to be the state of Miami. Yeah, I four south. Yeah, and he said we're gonna we're gonna get all the players out of there, and they did. Now he didn't have the the competition from South Florida and Central Florida, Florida Atlantic, and so on at that point. So he was able to really get a, a bigger haul, and I think it also helped him that the University of Florida was on about 200 years probation at that point for the <laughs> violations under Charlie Pell. But the point was he got the guys to go to Miami and he built the program. That's what you got to do. Well, now Rick may not be able to quite have that kind of reach, right. but if, if he can get the studs out of Miami, uh, look out, folks. Uh, the Canes will be back. Well, no question. So what are we going to do up in Central Florida now? They've uh, got a new coach. They had a horrific year last year. They didn't win a game. And so, you know, the pressure's on. And uh, if you're going to – if the Big 12 actually is looking for people and you and Central Florida has been one of the teams that have been on their radar screen, 0-11 doesn't, you know, put you in a uh, in the lead position to get into the conference. They're, uh, they're waiting for the next Blake Bortles, guys. That's what they're waiting for. Um, they got a huge student body, Joe. I mean huge. Um, they might be pushing 60,000, maybe more. Um, it wouldn't take a lot to get them excited um, in, in that in-campus stadium uh, if they're competitive. Uh, but, Jim, you touched on it. Uh, what, what a brutal 2015 season. Uh, now with a coaching change, uh, we'll see if they can uh, recruit, um, you know, a, a potentially good quarterback. But I think Blake Bortles might have spoiled people in, in Central Florida. Uh, he's gone on, he's thrown 35 touchdown passes now in, in the National Football League uh, in one season. Uh, quite impressive. Um, we'll see how his team does. But, Joe, uh, I think we, we were a little um, maybe misled uh, because Bortles was so good in college. Uh, they had a heck of a year uh, under Bortles, and, and now they're waiting for his replacement. Well, You've got a new coach there, uh, Scott Frost, who was the offensive coordinator at Oregon. Pretty good credentials there. Um, but has has any program fallen faster, farther than UCF did? Uh, a couple of years ago, they're in the Fiesta Bowl. They're winning the Fiesta Bowl. And then they go 0-12, and, and it was a deserved 0-12. They were they were awful. <laughs> they were unwatchable. And George O'Leary quits in the middle of the season and everything. Uh, you don't just snap your finger and come back from that, if you're, uh, particularly if you're a Central Florida. So, look, you're right. It's a huge school. Uh, really nice little on-campus stadium there. Uh, it's, it's, uh, it can be a, a tough place to play, and that's a plus for them. But uh, they they got a lot of work to do, and uh, I assume that uh, Coach Frost, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, Coach uh, Frost will develop a quarterback that seems to be his forte. Uh, they'll be entertaining. They won't go winless this year. I will go out on a limb and say that. But um, a lot of work to do. A lot of work. Well, they open with South Carolina State, and then. They go to Michigan and Maryland back to back. Maryland is down, you know, is uh, in Orlando. But, uh, you know, I don't know. If you're trying to get a team that is uh, getting them back on the road and to to wonderfulness with the great you know, opportunity of perhaps winning a an AAU championship, this is um, not the uh, – this this schedule is, is pretty tough for them, too. I mean, their schedule well, is pretty, shame, pretty intense. Guys, it's a shame, in, in a sense, what happened to O'Leary uh, because a lot of people are going to remember him from last year when that's not really fair. Um, you know, it was just a terrible year. But O'Leary did some very good things with that program, and I, I hope that's not forgotten. You know, Ira, one of the things I was thinking about, to your point, 
is that there's a lot of guys who have, um, like George O'Leary, who, you know, show up at a university and, and hope to rebuild the program. And I was curious when South Florida was looking for a coach that I thought at the time, and again, this is nothing that's really Tiger. I was just thinking at the time, I mean, there was, there was, um, you know, Phil Fulmer and some of these other guys sitting out there that I thought, well, you know what, you know, why don't take a flyer on this? And so, um, you know, it didn't, that didn't happen. And Willie Tiger, thank goodness, worked out well. But I think that, um, I think that what they're going to find out at Central Florida is that if you don't have a, a name coach, recruiting is going to be difficult. And yeah, you got a great, um, you know, new on-campus stadium, but that's, uh, if you're not winning, they're not filling it. And uh, so it's going to be an interesting situation in Central Florida this year. Well, there's, uh, there's one point here, Jimbo, is that they had uh, UCF. Uh, I've done my research too, Ira. They had over 23,000 fans show up for their spring game, which was a mm-hmm. record. And uh, a lot more than they got for most of their home games last year. And uh, they will be playing a real up-tempo offense. Uh, they're, they're calling it UC Fast, U-C-F-A-S-T. And so that's all fine. That creates a buzz. Everybody gets excited. And they've got these new futuristic-looking uniforms that uh, I think Nike designed or something. That's all great. But you can have all the schemes you want. You can have all the buzz and the sideshows and the hype you want. But you still got to do it on the field. And, you know, you're not going to beat Michigan. You're probably not going to beat Maryland. You're going to lose a lot of games this year because what happens when they turn the lights on is that all of a sudden you go from the chalkboard uh, to to a team that hits back. And they've got coaches, too, and they've got good athletes, too. And right now, I think most of those other programs that UCF will be playing have better athletes than UCF does. Give the guy time. It takes a little while to build. Um, we saw that with, with USF. Willie Taggart went 2-10 and 10 in his first year. He won four games his second year. And um, there wasn't a lot of patience with him. As I said, people, myself included, were, uh, were ready to write him off. Uh, you don't get a lot of lead time anymore in college football. So I would, I would advise uh, Coach Frost – get busy recruiting and uh if you can win uh you know four maybe five games this year take it and run no uh you know jim you you know how you know how i love to put you on the spot mr williams and you love being there so i might as well ask you the uh 64 dollar question um who's going to win a national title mr williams well i guess the easy thing could be to say alabama but I would prefer you never that pick the chalk, Jim. You I would never, I would never, I would never want that to happen. So, large <laughs> part because Nick Saban drives me nuts. But um, I, you know, this might be a year for a guy who we know pretty well, and that's you know, Bobby Stoops has got a team out in Oklahoma that people out there keep telling me is really a phenomenal football team. So I guess, you know what, I'll take a flyer and say that I think the national championship will go to to Oklahoma and Bobby Stoops' team. Could be wrong. God knows I have been on numerous occasions. but uh, I'm, I'm going to take a flyer on Clemson, Joe. I'll go with Clemson uh, because of the quarterback. Um, the Watson kid, he's seasoned. He's played in big games. Um, strong program. Um, I, I like the Tigers in 2016, Joe. That's uh, that does not qualify as a flyer, Ira. <laughs> I'm sorry, can't let you get away with that one. What do you want me to take, Brooklyn College, Henderson? Well, you, know, you know, just saying. Um, <laughs> look, uh, the road to the national championship goes through Tuscaloosa, and again, again that, Joe, again, again, again. I mean. I, there is an, a legitimate argument that can be made that when he hangs up his whistle, Nick Saban will be regarded as the best college football coach of all time. And I say that uh, having watched 
the career of one uh, Bobby Bowden from start to finish. Mm-hmm. And Bobby Bowden was phenomenal. He's He and Steve Spurrier are my two all-time favorite coaches to deal with. But you cannot argue with what Saban has done there. And to maintain the level of excellence that they have had with the scrutiny that that program gets where, you know, everybody in that state that doesn't root for Auburn is watching every move that they make 365 days a year. That would crush most people. And that just tells you about the, the, the type of, of discipline and everything else that Saban's got uh, to beat the, to be the champ, you're going to have to beat the champ, and I'm not sure anybody can. Four out of seven, you know, Jim, four out of seven yeah. years, um, that's pretty impressive, Jim. Oh, look, I, as I said, it bothers me only because he's so damn good. I mean, that's the <laughs> thing that bothers me is that uh, it seems like every time you look up, there's Nick Saban, there's a national championship. And, it, you know, it's no fluke. He gets it every year. They don't – what's the old saying? They don't rebuild, they reload. And what is it about him, Jim? What is it about him that uh, rubs you the wrong way? I, I just, there's an arrogance, at least there was, um, that, that I didn't particularly care for at the time because he really hadn't done anything to accomplish that at, at when I first started disliking him. Um, the thing with Miami really kind of, I thought was a bad thing where he, was the Dolphins head coach and basically informed everyone that he was leaving by email. Um, I, I just, I don't know. I, I guess it's the kind of, you know, Ira, in, in pro football and, and Joe in pro sports of any kind, there's got to be the guy that wears the dark hat, right? In, in the National Football League, it's Belichick, you know? Ironically, Belichick was the head coach and, and, um, and Saban was his defensive coordinator in Cleveland. When they were, you know, the year that the Cleveland Browns moved to um, to um, to Baltimore that season before, those two guys were, you know, the the key people involved in, uh, you know, what was going on with the Cleveland Browns. So it's kind of ironic that the, that the two most successful coaches, the one in pro football and the one in college football, you know, were together on the same staff. But um, no, look, there's no question that you have to give them. You know his his due. He's he certainly has done it. I just um, I just as he he just in my own situation, I thought he just was a little more arrogant than I would like to see. But then again, if you're not arrogant, you're not winning. And uh, certainly in the case of uh, Nick Saban, he just keeps winning. Why would he ever? Why would he ever leave that job, Joe, for the pros? Why? Why? Well, he wouldn't. <laughs> um, you know, it's. Uh, it, I think when he's done at Alabama, he's done. And he's still a relatively young guy. So, you know, he could he could hang around another four or five years. And, you know, two guys we haven't talked about yet, and I know our time is short, but uh, Urban Meyer and uh, Jim Harbaugh. What a, you know, w- we've got uh, Woody and Bo uh, yeah. 2.0 back in the, in the Big Ten. And, yeah. uh a lot of people in love with the Michigan team uh, this year, um, you know, could could be. But uh, Urban Meyer, is, he's done it at Ohio State. I thought they would be tired of him by now uh, because certainly most people in Florida were tired of him by now. But he seems to have changed a little bit, uh, maybe not wound quite as tight as he was here. And uh, so, you know, those are – those are two potential playoff sleeper teams. I sleeper, shoot. Uh, there's, they're both as good as anybody in the country probably. But no, a lot of people aren't really talking about uh, Ohio State in particular for a playoff berth. They're, they're, they're in love with Michigan. Uh, but, uh, you know, don't sleep on the Buckeyes. No. And, and, I, and we'll use um, one of Ira's favorite words, gravitas. It seems like uh, you know, that uh, – Urban got gravitas now. He uh, he's won his championships and now he understands how to do it and and so he uh, you know maybe that's what has kept him at peace. I can tell you somebody's never at peace and that of course is Jim Harbaugh. And so <laughs> I I know Jim. I know him well. I 
Ivan uh, used to do the games on Channel Seven when uh, when he was the quarterback, and then the big uh, ten game of the week. And um, he's he has not changed from the kid who was on the sidelines who hated to lose to the guy who went to the San Francisco 49ers and now to the guy who is coaching at the University of Michigan. He absolutely loathes losing. And I think, uh, as you said, Joe, it's kind of like Woody and uh, Woody and Bo 2.0. I think that's going to be a great rivalry. And I couldn't be happier that, uh, that perhaps uh, Harbaugh might get the best of, um, of Urban Meyer this time around. Maybe not this year, but in well, years and, to come. And let's not forget that two years ago, uh, Nick Saban looked like he was going to win a national championship, and Urban Meyer uh, had other ideas in the playoff. So um, I never discount you know, him. Never. <laughs> that I'm was. Just uh, saying, I just that, think it's fun that he's got a, a rival. That's all I'm saying. Uh, yeah, Joe, that that Ohio State Alabama uh, matchup. Um, I think that's one of the great coaching jobs um, that we've seen in in, in the modern era. Uh, a lot of reasons to question Urban Meyer, maybe off the field, but um, Joe, hell of a strategist, uh, hell of a motivator. Um, that was a tremendous uh, victory for the Buckeyes and, and and Jim for Harbaugh. The great thing about Jim Harbaugh, you, you never quite know when he's going to lose it, but you know he will, and you better be there when it happens. Oh Lord, yeah, there's. He may lose it two or three times in a game. Um, it's discipline has never been one of his strong suits. <laughs> I'm, not ta- I'm talking about on the field during the game. As far as the play, yes, but you know, I, if there's a call that he doesn't like, I can assure you the officials will know relatively soon. <laughs> you have to wait long for feedback on on what's going on with him. So, would you say he's wound a little tight, Mr. Henderson? A little tight. Oh, he's about four turns too tight, but. He is what Michigan needed. Oh, yeah. um, if if you're uh, an Ohio State fan, you have to admit that the juice was kind of going out of that rivalry um, mm-hmm. because the Buckeyes were had become so dominant, and most of the games were not even all that interesting uh, in the last decade or so. The the Buckeyes have just steamrolled them. I think those days are over. Uh, that's going to be back uh, in its proper place as, as a toss-up game that is one of the most eagerly anticipated of the season. It'd, it'd be good. Ira, who do you think is going to – well, you, were, you already said. I'm sorry, I was going to ask you. Uh, Joe, Joe said I, uh, I chickened out and, and, and took the Tigers. Uh, look, that's uh, not chickening out. I mean, you still – LSU is a good football team. Les Miles is a good right. coach. That would be a right. good situation. Uh, I'm going with the the experience under center, guys, and uh, and I think Clemson's got a little bit of a leg up in in that regard. Nothing wrong with Clemson, and uh, you know Dabo Sweeney's a good guy, a good coach, and uh, you know but they got to beat. They're going to have to beat Florida State in Tallahassee. Yeah, that's not an easy thing either. But uh, I don't know. I think that. Uh, I think Florida State probably has an edge on that situation because I think that, uh, you know, everybody remembers Clemson taking them out last year. So, All I know is that, uh, guys, uh, all anybody's talking about down here, uh, other than that scintillating Buck Redskin preseason matchup, (laughs) uh, uh, is college football, guys. And uh, this is the weekend. It goes full bore. I guess FSU's got – the stage to themselves, Joe, on Monday night, I believe. And um, they did. this um, is actually the seventh time that FSU's had a Monday night start. Uh, um, so every, every, everybody, everybody's into college football down here. Oh, it's uh, it, it. I I I love it, and uh, you know it's um, you know it's been a, been a while. Baseball season is kind of. Uh, Hadn't been all that uh, exciting locally uh, with the Rays uh, not being very good and my beloved Cincinnati Reds in the tank. So um, let's uh, let's play some football. And poor and poor Williams has uh, got got a hope that Maryland uh, turns into a, a a college football power. Good good luck with that, Mr. Williams. I've I've <laughs> always 
personally in the area ira i've always been a navy fan so that's the way it goes it's, it's my wife and many of uh, her family members are university of maryland grads so i respect them in that regard but they're gary williams will tell you they're a basketball school so there you go not not wrong well look guys it's about time to wrap things up here we've almost lasted as long as a certain college football game so we're uh, <laughs> giving you a, a preview of everything and uh, thanks of course as always to ira kaufman to joe henderson to our guest allison posey at wtxl abc 27 in tallahassee guys real quick ira where can we find you on social media uh, a quick shout out to allison uh, jimmy she knows her knows uh good good guest enjoyed it um you can get me on Twitter uh, at ikaufman76. Joseph, uh, you can find me on Twitter at uh, the initial J Henderson Tampa T A M P A. Okay, you can get me at uh, sportstalkflorida.com and of course at uh, the Twitter handle at sportstalkflorida. And uh, by the way, read today's article written by Joe Henderson about FSU and and it's a good piece to go and obviously you'll be reading Irish stuff as well. Gentlemen, thanks very much for joining us. We hope that you enjoyed this edition of the Sunshine Boys podcast on sportstalkflorida.com and blogtalkradio.com. Until next time, get out there and watch some college football. 